Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. everybody and welcome to Thrive Online. We're so glad that you joined us today. So glad that we can be together even virtually like this. We're really believing that God has a word for you today that he's going to speak and communicate to each one of us today and that we're going to receive something into our spirits that at the end of today there would be something that has shifted inside of each one of us because of his word that his word would help us to rest right in the midst of this crazy year. It it has been a crazy year, hasn't it? One of the things that's made it so crazy, amongst many others, but one of the things that's made it so crazy for Pastor Candice and I is that we've got three friends that have just recently been diagnosed with cancer. Three people that we know that have recently received very, very, very serious cancer diagnoses. You know, the thing is, when you face that kind of thing, when you hear about friends that are facing that kind of diagnosis, it makes me think about the things that are really important, doesn't it? Oftentimes, we can get so distracted by lots of stuff, lots of noise, lots of news. We can get busy and then we can lose sight of what's really important in life. And so it's easy to focus more on our work than our family. It's sometimes easy to neglect our health. It's easy to spend rather than to save and so on. You get the picture. But a diagnosis of a serious illness like cancer, that stuff can really make us stop, think, and consider what's important in life and what's really important in our lives. It's so easy to lose sight of the importance at times, isn't it? And it can happen so easily with the physical life that we live that's in front of us every day. So things like family and work and health and finances, the things that I've just been speaking about that it can happen so easily with the physical life in front of us, but it can also happen with our spiritual lives. It's easy to lose sight of what's really important spiritually. You know, talking about what's important, I can remember in high school, I remember this clearly, clearly, clearly. I remember studying for history. History! My dreaded exam, dreaded subject, hated history. Well, loved it, but hated studying for it. I remember being overwhelmed by the amount of facts to try and get in my head. I realized at one point, I'm never going to be able to learn all this stuff. It's just not possible. And so I went with this well-known strategy called spotting. Spotting is essentially betting on the fact that some work and some facts are more important than others. And so only focusing on those, right? Learning and knowing only those things, learning only the bare essential big ticket items, and then praying like, please, Jesus, let them only ask around those things. Well, it worked by and large, and I got through history. Church, here's an interesting thought. If you and I were spotting spiritually, what's the most important things for us to know spiritually? What are the absolute majors? Like, what are the big ticket items we must know? What must we know and remember? Like, what's, what's really essential? Spiritual spotting. What would you really need to know? Well, there's this incredible passage of Scripture in Hebrews that gives us the big three things that we must know and remember. Hebrews chapter 1 gives us spiritual spotting. Here's the things you must know. Hebrews 1 verse 3 says that the sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command and when he had cleansed us from our sins he sat down in the place of honor 
at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. The writer of Hebrews tells us that there are three big truths that are here for us to grasp. In other words, if you must know just three things spiritually, what are they? Well, they're in this passage of scripture. Here they are. Number one, Jesus shows us God. Number two, Jesus holds it all together. And I'll tell you what it all together is. And number three, Jesus dealt decisively with our sin. Jesus shows us God. Jesus holds it all together. And Jesus dealt decisively with our sin. That's it, church. That's what we really need to know spiritually, particularly at this point in time in our lives and in our world. So let's unpack them briefly. First truth, Jesus shows us God. Jesus shows us God. You see, the scripture tells us that Jesus radiates God's glory and he is the exact representation of God's nature and character. In other words, he's the mirror image of God. So if you want to know what God is like, we simply look at Jesus. John 14 verse 9 confirms this. It says, Jesus replied, anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. Jesus, the mirror image of the Father. Jesus shows us God. Think of it this way. Jesus relates to God the way the rays of sunlight relate to the sun. So if God's the sun, Jesus is the rays of the sun, right? So, for example, there's no time that the sun exists without the rays of sun existing too. The sun and the rays can't be separated. They exist together always. Not only that, the rays of sun actually are the sun, just radiating out. The rays are not different from the sun. The rays are the sun, just radiating in visible form, right? The rays also have their origin in the sun. I mean, they originate in the sun. They were not created or made by the sun. They are the sun and they have their origin in the sun. So if you put a solar geyser on your roof, the water gets warm. The water is warmed, we would say, by the sun. But it was the rays of the sun that actually warmed the water. The rays are therefore simply an extension of the sun. Here's the thing, church. Here's what I'm trying to say. We see the sun by seeing the rays of the sun. And so we see God the Father by seeing Jesus. We can't look at the sun directly, can we? It's too bright. But we see the rays of sun when they arrive here on earth. So too with God. He's too holy to look at directly. But we see him when we see Jesus. So what's the truth? Jesus shows us who God is. Church, I want to say this to us today. There's possibly no more important truth in our lives than the fact that we can get to know and love God, that we can have a friendship with Him, that He is knowable, available, accessible through Jesus, that we can look at Jesus and know what God is like. And it is a beautiful picture because His love, pure and simple, there is no more important truth than this. A loving creator God wants a friendship with his created. Like he'd always designed it and planned it and lived it in the Garden of Eden before sin came along. Jesus shows us God and God is love. The second truth is that Jesus holds it all together. Verse 2 tells us he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. What's the text saying? What's it telling us? Well, it's telling us that he literally holds everything together simply by his word. One word from Jesus 
and it goes out of existence. Anything. It goes, it's, it's vamos, it's kaput, right? Or one word, so unspoken by Jesus, and we go out of existence. We're gone. One unspoken word from Jesus, and we're gone. You know, here's the thing. Scientists have a theory that for every grain of sand on the seashore, there are a million stars in the universe. Try and get your mind around that for a moment. For every grain of sand on the seashore, there are a million stars in the universe. Like the mind boggles, doesn't it? And while our minds boggle, Jesus holds all of that together. He holds the universe. He holds all of that together. Colossians 1 verse 17 tells us that he existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. What's the second truth, church? It's that Jesus is holding you together. He is holding your life together and he is holding your future together. And he's holding the universe together simply by his word. So that means we don't have to buy the lie that we're self-made men and women, that somehow you've got it all together, I've got it all together, we've got it together, or that we've put it all together ourselves. Make no mistake, he is holding it all together. He's holding it together simply by his word. That's the extent of his power. That is how powerful Christ is. And I, I know sometimes life can get difficult. It can get out of control. It might not feel like anybody's holding anything together. But just imagine for a moment what would happen if Jesus wasn't involved, if he wasn't holding it all together. But he is. And every day he sustains us, doesn't he? Every day holds it together for us and our, our future is in his hands and our children's future is in his hands. And that makes me immensely grateful. It makes me totally secure and it fills me with awe to know that Jesus is actively holding my future in his hands by the power of his word. He holds my future and he holds everything else together. The third truth today, church, is that Jesus dealt decisively with our sin. He dealt decisively with our sin. Verse 3 tells us that Jesus sat down because he could finally rest. And this is profoundly important and I'll share with you why. It is important because the priests that would normally work in the temple in the Old Testament, they would make sacrifices for the people. Their sacrifices were never complete because every day, every minute people would sin and then every year they had to bring new sacrifices. It was a little bit like a household DIY maintenance list, right? Never complete. <laughs> All the men know what I'm talking about right now. And so do all the women because they're asking the men to get the list done and it never seems complete. You know the story. And so the priests in the temple never sat down in the temple because their work, their sacrifices were never complete. It was like an ongoing story that they had to take care of. And so to a Jewish person hearing the writer of Hebrews, for a Jewish person in the first century to hear that the high priest, Jesus, sat down could only mean one thing. That one thing was that the work was complete, that the sacrifices were complete because a priest would never have sat down. Chapter 10 verse 14 tells us the same thing, that by because of his death, his one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. It's telling us Jesus's work was complete. The job was done. He could sit and rest. So Jesus' work was complete. The job was done. He could sit and he could rest. It's kind of a little bit like Sia Colisi. Remember last year in the World Cup when we killed England? We smashed them to pieces. 
We'd won the, the game. We'd won it. We knew that with two or three minutes to go, we'd, we'd won the game. We were so far ahead. I remember Sia Kulisi coming off the pitch, captain of the Springboks, victorious captain. Three minutes to go, he comes off of the field and he sits like I am now on the side of the field. He sits down, he rests because he knows that the job has been done. The victory has been won, victory's guaranteed. He never would have come off the pitch. He never would have sat down unless he knew the job was done. Okay, church, so here's the picture, right? Picture it. Jesus, the ultimate and perfect high priest, has done exactly what he needed to do. His work was perfect. His sacrifice, the sacrifice of his life. Remember, not only is he the perfect high priest, he's the perfect spotless lamb. Sacrificed and he was, that sacrifice was complete. His work was finished. It was complete. And so now he sits down at the right hand of God to rest. So what does this mean for us, church? Well, it means that because Jesus rested, you can rest. I can rest and we can rest assured. We can rest assured, each one of us, we can rest assured, we can take a deep breath and breathe, we can relax knowing that Jesus, who shows you who God is, shows you what God is like, and how much God loves you, He dealt decisively with your sin, and He removed the barrier to your friendship with God. We can rest assured that Jesus, who holds the entire universe together simply by his words, he also holds your future in his hands. We can rest assured that we can know God, that Jesus shows us who he is and he is love, he's pure love, and that you and I, we are loved. And so we can rest Assured, knowing that we can have a friendship with God, that our sin has been dealt with, that the barrier of sin has been removed, that we are forgiven. We can rest assured knowing that Jesus is holding it all together, including our futures, and our future is secure. We can rest assured. I remember a couple of years ago, I worked with a lady called Linda, lovely lady. She was just the most wonderful human being but she had a serious phobia. She was massively scared of flying. She held off on accepting a job that gave her national responsibilities for years and years and years because she didn't want to have to fly even domestically until she could hold off no longer and eventually took the job. It meant that she had to go to Cape Town with me one day. And so we got onto the Red Eye Special. You know the Red Eye Special, six o'clock flight down to Cape Town. We got onto the plane and as soon as we got onto the plane, she gripped my leg hard. She put her hand on my leg like this she said to me i'm terribly sorry please excuse me i hate flying the only way i'm going to make it through this flight is if i can hold on to somebody or something really tightly i really man i tried my best to reassure her it was no good at all linda hated flying no matter how much i tried to reassure her the only time she rested assured was the moment that the wheels hit the ground. The moment that the plane had landed and when it came to a stop, she exhaled, she took her hand off of my leg, she rested assured only when the flight was done, when the plane was landed, and when she was convinced she was on solid ground, right? 
Here's the thing. Church, when the scripture tells us that Jesus sat down at the right hand of God, that he rested, it's telling us that the plane has landed. We are on solid ground. We can rest assured. So today, take a deep breath. Rest assured. You are loved. You are forgiven. Your future is secure. Church, I know it's been a crazy year, right? It really has. It's been a year that's made us think a lot about faith and about life. It's made us wonder what we can build our lives on. And what is so powerful about these few lines in the short, short text from Hebrews 1 verse 3 is that it gives us the three truths we must know. We, that the three truths that we can bank our lives on. Jesus shows us God. And when we see God, we know we are loved. Jesus holds it all together. When we grasp that, we know our future is secure. That Jesus dealt decisively with our sin. When we grasp that, we are forgiven. Hey everybody, that's what spiritual spotting is all about. That's what you really need to know. That's what we build our lives on. When we do, we can rest assured. Listen, you can take the pressure off of yourself. You can chill. You can breathe. You can take a deep breath and say, God, thank you. I'm loved. I'm forgiven. My future is in your hands. And that's enough for me. Just love this text as well because it really, really lifts Jesus out of the pages. And we see here that he is perfect in two important respects. Number one, he's the perfect high priest. The perfect high priest. That's why he could sit down and rest because the work that he did was perfect, complete, totally. The high priest would represent, would be the mediator between man and God. Jesus is the perfect high priest. He mediates between God and us. He's the perfect high priest. Not only that, he's the perfect spotless lamb of God. Not only was Jesus the priest performing the sacrifice, he was the one being sacrificed. Can you see how perfect and how complete he is? And so when we look at this text, we see him in all of his majesty, in all of his glory. Jesus is perfect and he is perfect for us. He is perfectly able to steer our lives, mold our lives, shape our lives. He is perfectly able to take your life, to take my life and make it count. He's perfectly able to forgive us, cleanse us and present us to God. He's perfectly able to bring us into a friendship with the Father he was perfect. He is perfect. He always will be perfect. He was the perfect high priest. He was the perfect spotless lamb. And he is the perfect savior for you and for me. Today, if you've never made a decision to follow him, I want to issue you with the best invitation in the world. And that is to say yes to him, to open your life to him, to make a decision to follow him. Trust me, your life 
will never be the same. Let's pray together. And as we do so, it'll be my privilege to lead us in prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your, the inspired word of God. Thank you that in your word we see Jesus. Thank you for these few lines today that just lift Jesus off the pages and remind us of who he is and what he does. Today, we want to make a decision to say yes to you, Jesus. We want to make a decision to follow you, Jesus. We make a decision to open our lives to you, to invite you into our lives, to invite you to take ownership and take control of our lives. It's like in this moment, we want to get out of the driver's seat of the car and invite you in to drive and take control of our lives because we know that you make us better and you make us better at life. And so in this moment, we do that. We make a decision to follow you, to invite you into our lives. We ask you to forgive us. We ask you to present us to the Father, forgiven, holy and perfect in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you made that decision today, if you prayed that prayer with me, either for the first time or maybe life has dealt you some weird and wonderful uh, hands and today was a coming back moment like maybe at some stage there was some faith in your life but today it, you, it was a return to that and today all throughout you felt um, God calling you back as a son and a daughter who he loves we'd love the great privilege of connecting with you so no matter whether you prayed that for the first time today or maybe it was a moment where you came back to God we'd love the opportunity to connect with you digitally and the way we can do that is simply by clicking for you to click on the raise hand icon in the bottom right hand side of your screen if you're watching on church online or if you're watching on any one of the other platforms simply text the words follow jesus to the number on the screen right now one of our team would simply love to reply to you digitally say hi and give you some next steps on your faith journey today is the starting point not an ending point today is the beginning of a journey with jesus and so we'd love it if you would do that for us. Church, it's been so good to be together. We are the church. Remember, we are the church gathered and dispersed. We are the church physically and we're the church online. It's so good that we've been able to be together in these moments. We trust that you'll have an amazing week. May God cover you with his grace and with his peace. See you next week. We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.